Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. It's episode 31 and I'm your host Stephen Carter. In this episode, I'm doing things a little bit differently and playing with the format. First of all, this is my first time introducing the show on my own outside of recording with my guest present at the same time. Secondly, this episode was recorded in person and at North Bruin Springwell site with Alex Millhouse-Smith. Alex is North's brand ambassador and has worked there for several years now and he's seen the company transform from just one bar, being North Bar, their flagship bar that opened in 1997, to several bars and now a much bigger brewery site at Springwell which is where we recorded. I was surprised how big the Springwell site is and the scale on which North can now produce and brew. This is a far cry from their original site on Taverners in Leeds and means they can sustain all their channels, all their bars and their supermarket demand for the likes of Sputnik and Transmission that they send to Tesco's and other supermarkets across the UK. It's my first visit to the site, but it won't certainly be my last. I joined Alex on the mezzanine, which gave us an excellent view of the taproom, bar and across the catwalk, giving the brewery team access to the tops of the vessels when hops needed adding to any brew that was in the vessel at the time. It's a fantastic facility and it gives drinkers a great view of what goes on at, at North. They can see the canning production, the packaging production, the brewing production, every aspect of the malt going into the warehouse, to the beer being added, to tanks, to condition, to the mash, everything they can see is very clear and very transparent from the moment you walk in. As this show was recorded on site, there is some background noise throughout this show. I recommend that you listen to it through headphones for the best listening experience. I have tried to fade out as much of the background noise as possible but it is still there in sections, so I'd recommend giving this a listen through headphones just to make sure that the audio is coming through nice and clear and you can hear both me and Alex converse at the same time. Hopefully you enjoy this new format of show, and here I am with Alex now. Right, so welcome everyone. I'm here at Springwell, North's new shiny taproom and brewery production site, and I'm joined by Alex Millhouse-Smith. Alex, how are you doing? You all right? I am very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Very good, mate. So thank you for joining me. Um, This is the first in in-person show that I've done so I appreciate you uh, <laughs> I appreciate you welcoming me to this site and showing me around so it's, uh, it's it's much nicer doing it this way than over zoom uh, which has been the way for the past couple of years yeah yeah well that's it it's, it's, it's been good to connect people over zoom but yeah. this sort of in-person experience is much better and obviously it's good because you've you've kindly shown me around and things so um, we'll jump straight in Alex do you want to uh, tell me about how you came to be at North your current role and uh, how it's progressed over time yeah, uh, sure. So um, I am North's uh, brand ambassador, um, and so I believe I'm North's current longest-serving member of staff. Wow! Okay. Um, so I started with North uh, back in 2012, I think it was. Um, I used to work at a well-known tequila bar on on Call Lane uh, throughout uni. Um, I decided that I needed a bit more of a quiet job, so I was focused on yeah, studies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I got a job at uh, one of North's venues, uh, the Cross Keys, um, which is no longer a North venue, sadly, but it's still a great venue. Um, and kind of before that, I'd been tipping my toe into a different beer. Uh, my dad's introduced me to Sam Smith's beer and Belgian beer, and then North, working for North, kind of blew those doors open, mm-hmm. um, and I got really, really into it. Um, then I moved on to making my own beer, so started with a Wilco's homebrew kit, um, and then started developing, sort of like changing how they're made, adding mm-hmm. different yeasts and doing my own kind of dry hopping, hopping to them. 
Um, then I started volunteering in breweries, so volunteered at Northern Monk and with Macarecki at Zapato, uh, Runaway, um, Cholton in Manchester, and First Chop uh, were my kind of volunteering streaks. Did a little bit of Badco as well, um, just to kind of like get my resume up. Um, so was sort of angling for a job in a brewery. Um, and then, luckily, the company I was already working for announced they were opening a brewery. So um, <laughs> I started bugging the owners and um, the head brewer, Seb, um, to come and let me spend some time and help them out. Um, so I started splitting my time between the brewery and the bar and just washing casks and then filling casks and then mm. you know, learning cellaring. And then I went into work production. Um, and after doing quite a lot of that and just before North's third expansion I think it was I um, had kind of grown a bit more of an interest in telling people about North and talking about how the beer's made and yeah, yeah. Um, getting back into my photography um, so I proposed um, a role um, I was interviewed for it and here I am repping North um, wherever wherever I'm needed um, and online yeah yeah cool um, yeah well that's good though you've got a experience from the ground up though aren't you if you've kind of done the the, 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 the donkey work so to speak you know for want of a better <laughs> phrase of the, the cask washing and the, the not so glamorous jobs of the grubby and grimy bits and then yeah all yeah. the way to production and making it and now like you say sitting in office and doing the yeah doing the fun bits as opposed to getting Stuck in. Definitely helps with kind of like events when people are asking about the brewery and asking about the beers and um, you know some of the meet the brewer events. Um, yeah, I'm able to kind of give people an insight um, onto yeah how we're how we're making our beers and we always like get home brewers uh, email us and they're always directing my way so mm. kind of like translating how we do it and how they could do it at home. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. And did you always want to be in a, a role like this then, or are we just happy to be involved in this sort of lovely craft beer world? Um, I I was edu- I went to art school in Leeds um, and never kind of thought I'd end up in marketing. But you know, when I think back to sort of the things that I was doing in setting exhibitions up and setting social media pages up and updating those and yeah, being a little bit more on that side of things, then it makes sense mm. as to how I've landed where. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good how you say because when you first joined, obviously North as a as a brand was just the bars, wasn't it? And the it was, yeah. and the pubs, the the production wasn't even a thing. You know, it started with with the likes of North Bar and Cross Keys and things like that, didn't it? So, yeah. do you want to sort of tell us about how that sort of progressed into them then producing beer and obviously the current portfolio mm-hmm. of bars and, and venues that that North now have? Yeah. So North Brewing Company, uh, for those who haven't heard the story. Um, essentially started back in 1997 in a way um, so North Bar is a pretty famous bar in Leeds uh, in the UK um, for anyone listening internationally <laughs> um, uh, it was opened in 1997 by um, John and Christian and it actually didn't open as a craft beer bar uh, they were serving Foster's Cronenberg and Guinness um, their loan was with, with uh, from John Smith's to kind of get the bar and set up um, but the aim with it was to um, create a bar that was friendly approachable accessible um, you know all walks of life could go in there mm. and have a good time yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't in Leeds in 1997 but apparently the drinking landscape was a little bit different yeah I was a bit <laughs> young to uh, to know that myself as well to be yeah, fair so yeah. 
Um, so yeah, they they got to work opening that, and um, it wasn't until after they took a trip to Belgium um, that um, they were introduced to kind of yeah, different beers that mm-hmm. were uh, weren't the usual for what was being served. Um, they also um, experienced table service um, in bars, so um, you know, getting a big menu uh, full of loads of weird beers that you haven't clue what they are um, but they all taste great and someone bringing you that beer um, in its own glass and pouring it for you and you just stay seated the whole time Um, you know they experienced that and they're like this is great we need this in Leeds so they started talking to um, James Clay uh, who are a local distributor um, and now national distributor um, about how they can get some of these beers over that they tried Um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, they got Duvel over, uh, which is beer, which is considered pretty commonplace now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know that had its first pour in North Bar, and uh, things like Erdinger uh, had its first pour in North, and mm-hmm. then they moved on to American beer. So Sierra Nevada in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. first time being poured in the UK was in North Bar. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of growing that portfolio and like starting to explore beers. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows how it is. Get the bug, and you want to just ravage through yeah. uh, the shelves of bottle shops and bars, um, and yeah, it played a big role in kind of launching quite a few breweries. Uh, Northern Monk had their launch party there. Uh, Magic Rock had their launch there. So, kind of following the success of that, you know, everyone really enjoyed it. They started opening bars across Leeds and Yorkshire, um, just delivering the same kind of thing. You know, friendly, welcoming bars. Um, serving great drinks so it wasn't just in beer it was wine and coffee it went down to every single thing Um, and they'd always toyed with the idea of opening some sort of brew pub they'd go to like um, places like Denmark and uh, go to Copenhagen and there's lots over there and they're obviously really popular in America and um, it was actually the designer our designer Refold who um he was working on sort of branding to unite the bars because each bar had its own has its own personality, but mm. just something to kind of just string them together. Yeah, yeah. so he knew um, it was a north. Yeah, a north so, venue. You know so you know it's a north venue. Um, and he gave this presentation with like ideas to John and Christian, and at the end there were some can designs and a brewery logo. Mm. And he's like, you know, and this could be a thing. Yeah. And we're like, you know what? We've talked about doing this for years, and it's even now. Mm. So, um, with a little bit of help of friends, um, we were able to get our original site, Taverners, get a brew kit. Uh, we found Seb, our head brewer. Uh, he was a local um, and a regular in our bar in Alfred. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to be a ukulele teacher. He also <laughs> used to have his own um, brewery operation called Go- Golden Owl. Um, uh, and yeah, they just got settled from there. Then, sort of, from all these relations of having working with distributors buying beer and working with breweries um, having you know tap takeovers and first pours we had a really big contact book of mm. who we could kind of flip the roll around to and work with yeah, yeah. so we could say so we've been buying beer all this time and we've actually got beer to sell to you and yeah, yeah. I remember when we did that uh, launch event of uh, whatever and you know, do you want to do a collaboration mm. um, so yeah you know, we've got a nice fortunate. list of contacts, like you say. So, yeah, 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 yeah. We're really fortunate. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But what, what did uh, John and Christine do before North Bar? Then were they 
involved in anything previous, uh, like prior to Northbar mm. beer wise, or is it just a no, we're opening so, a bar? Um, I think I can't remember which one it was. So I think John had the idea of opening a bar, mm. and Christian, I think Christian was at university and he dropped, he kind of pulled Christian out of university. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might be corrected when if they listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but they were working at the. We were both working at the Town and Country Club, which right, is okay. uh, Leeds O2 Academy. Mm. Um, um, yeah, working the bar and glass, glass collecting, and yeah, they just wanted to do their own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. like I say, they've, they've pretty much built the probably the UK's most well-known and reputable bars in the UK. You know, when yeah, when yeah, anyone yeah. comes up from the south, say, oh, we'll go to Leeds, we'll go to North Bar. It's like it's like the number one place for for people to go, and it's weird that you say that. It didn't start that way. You no, know, it just served mainstream stuff, you know, like John yeah, Smiths yeah. and Carlin and things like that. And then it <laughs> suddenly just went, right, we're going to serve Belgian beer, which I imagine initially annoyed the people that were regulars for drinking the mainstream stuff. But yeah, well, like, fair play to them for doing it, really. It would have been a big risk, wasn't it, to, to branch out? Definitely. I think, like, even the Cronenberg, like, that was considered, like, oh, mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. French lager. Yeah, well. yeah. Apparently the the rep from John Smith when they came round, if they had like a kind of, I think it might have been Erdinger, mm. like he, John Smith rep might come round to check everything's okay, and they kind of like stood in a position to just hide the tap so they can so they can't see that they're pouring another beer that isn't in there. Yeah, catalog. not John Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's weird. It's 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 crazy how things have changed, and you know, since first opening '97 to to where it is now, you know, it's. It's a big old, big old change from we'll open a bar to we'll have a brewery to the site like you had at Taverners to this sort of huge site that you've got at Springwell now. Like I say, which you walked me around, it's a, yeah. it's you know on par with a lot of sort of bigger, more commercial, sort of still independently owned, obviously, but other more commercial breweries out there, isn't it? It's not, it's not, not to be sniffed at at all. It's not small. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Um, we are, we yeah, we're we're filling it up quickly as well. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Um, a bit of a weird realization like sometimes when you look at it and what it is and consider even just a year ago like where we were before and where mm. we are now it's um, yeah it's a little bit bizarre but, yeah yeah um, yeah yeah but it's great because we, when we were chatting when we were walking around here obviously the tavern site you could see the brewery because you were basically in the brewery when you were drinking there weren't you you were basically sat in and amongst the inner workings of the yeah. The, the brew kit whereas now it's nice that there's sort of that separation of people can sit and look at the brewery and they can see people like working away and yeah, yeah. canning packing brewing like you say people if they're sat on the mezzanine that we had we're on level with the uh, you know the upper parts of the workings of the brewery if they're going and adding hops or whatever it's on the catwalk it's great that you can see that yeah. first hand and almost like you put it you know you're making a Sputnik over there but you sat drinking Sputnik in the bar it's yeah. you, you're getting it as you know, from what ten meters away, if it's, if that. Yeah, yeah, as fresh as it comes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be nice if we could serve a beer straight out of the tank. Mm. That's a that's a that's that's one of my dreams for um, October first is to get a tank of pills. Yeah. And uh, be serving serving it straight from a tank in Steins. Mm. But yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. Would that be a, a new piece of kit to do with that, or can you do it using the kit that you've got? Do you reckon? Or? In my head, it's just like one of the the racking port with. A little flow meter on it that mm. you can get for beer line, and just pour it out of there. That's it. Yeah, yeah. it's easy as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I think I, other people would disagree with Yeah, it's so probably not as not easy as simple, that, but yeah. yeah, no, it's probably not that simple, but it'd be nice <laughs> if it was that simple, wouldn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Um, But Alex, just obviously we chatted about it while we're walking around, but sort of tell us the the difference in scale um, of Springwell compared to Taverners um, and the transition of the move and sort of the challenges that you've faced since obviously we've had the, the pandemic obviously going on whilst you've been still in that transition phase as well to compete with as well as getting familiar with the new kit so uh -huh. do you just want to walk us through how that's been for you these past sort of 12 to 18 months um it's been emotional um, <laughs> it's you know it's it's been really exciting um we're really really fortunate at north to just have such a good team that's so supportive um you know when the panic pandemic hit everyone's job role changed, uh, everyone's roles transformed and everyone kind of pulled in um, where they were needed. Um, so in that sense, uh, it was really awesome. Um, in terms of kind of scale, um, I don't know how many square feet our uh, original site was, but if uh, listeners could imagine, uh, when you go to an industrial unit to the garage, Set your car in for an MOT. Yeah, yeah. You imagine those kind of units. Mm. Uh, we had three of those. Um, we started with one, um, quickly took another, and then we took on a third. Um, in comparison, uh, Springwell is uh, 20, 21,000 square foot. Um, and here we have our tap room, we have our entire production facility, we have our warehouse, and we have our uh, web shop and all of our head office staff. Um, so before the situation was, we had a small office in one unit um, that was uh, two sales team, uh, two person sales team. We had another office that was shared between various amounts <laughs> of people at different times. Um, and then up in Chapel Allerton, we had our head office. Um, and so yeah, now we're all under one roof. It's awesome. It's really great to be able to just ask someone a question and get it answered and not have to send an email or a Slack yeah, message yeah, yeah. and wait for it to arrive. That uh, should be among your colleagues rather than being split up and divided and seeing them once every well, however yeah, often. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, certainly been a good year for making new friends, um, you know, getting to know my co our colleagues better. Um, let me think. Uh, in terms of kind of like building it during the pandemic, um, there was there was a moment um, when we got the keys and the pandemic got very very serious um, and we had to kind of put everything on hold whilst we turned our entire focus to our bars and yeah. uh, those businesses and how we're gonna um, keep our staff employed and keep um, keep them paid keep money coming in through the mm. bars um, and again, like I said before, you know, the, the staff are just a real testament to, to North. Um, you know, not just here at the brewery, but at the bars. Um, everyone just pulled in, got cracking. You know, anyone that can drive is like, right, web shop deliveries, where do you want me? Get me, get <laughs> Stick them in a van or... Yeah, yeah, well, just in the boots of people's cars yeah, and they, yeah. they'd be out there delivering. Whatever they needed to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really fortunate as well, like that, um, really kind of helped us just really engage with our community the bars the satellite bars around leeds uh, you know we've got one in meanwood for uh, chapel allerton oakwood otley harrogate 
um, and then the city centres and this one. Uh, but you know, those ones in those residential areas, you know, the regulars in those in those uh, bars and the people that live around Leeds just really wanted to see us come through mm. and still be alive after. And yeah, yeah. you know, we really felt their support mm. um, of yeah our local community. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. I think everyone's priorities shifted, didn't they, to where they shopped, where they drank, where they bought things from. Everything now is there's more emphasis now than ever on the shop the local, you know, shop local, shop independent. Yep. Go to the green grocers, the butchers, the fishmonger, your local brewery, your local bar, whatever it was, you know, whatever you could do just to to make sure these places stayed open, like yep. you say, because yeah, it's, yeah. even you know places doing takeout was like, well, we'll just go get a growler or a takeout couple yeah, of pints yeah. or what have you. It was just yeah. it was nice to see that everyone kind of shifted the dynamic almost yeah. to, to support places like yourself to ultimately like say it's you know the demand dried up overnight you know yeah. what i mean your capacity will have dropped by a massive chunk to then still have at least something going out the door mm-hmm. at least like say it keeps people in jobs keeps lights on it keeps the place ticking over doesn't it so exactly yeah yeah i wonder if we'll look uh, look back on these time and on those times and be like no, I do kind of miss it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. like go and get a uh, little mini keg of beer and meeting my mate in the park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are certain things of it that I do sort of think that, like, why did we change that? Or why did we do this before? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. When, when you get these places to yourselves, when it's like, oh, when you go to the gym or something and it's quite quiet, or you yeah. go somewhere else and it's quite quiet, and it's like, I, I quite like this. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. like being in a busy gym or pub or a bar or restaurant. I quite like having my own space. Definitely, so, definitely. obviously, it's detriment to them not having people through the door, but it's, yeah. you know swings and roundabouts so you know it's but no like you say when you go on a walk and it was my one one bit of exercise a day and it's like i'll go sit and drink some pints at park or a growl like you say a mini keg or something it was it was a nice time but i mean yeah. were you on were you working or were you furloughed part of the time or I was, was the what I was, was crack furloughed, there? furloughed for a little bit mm. um i still wanted to help so like you know the so- social media was kind of handling the social media content was job and so I was furloughed and I didn't want to see the quality of the photos go down so yeah. I was like oh when you get a new beer like you bring me down bring me over a couple of cans and some underfills I'll know, do something with I'll, it yeah. I'll do some photos yeah, and yeah. you know a little bit a little bit of a win-win you know uh, we, we got nice photos and I mm. got supplied some free beer, beer. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, but it wasn't it didn't take that long before I was kind of brought back in mm. uh, to Well, yeah, that's it. Everyone was sat with nothing to do. When you say like, yeah. what, 80, 90 percent of the the population were sat at home with nothing better to do yeah. than drink beer or yeah. buy beer. So yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, it, there's 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 never been more beer available or in people's eye lines now than ever as they're across social media and emails and everything. Just yeah, but yeah. it's it's that almost fight for survival as much as anything. Though, want you like you want it to be yeah. on the pulse every time a new beer is available. Right, it's now it's on web shop. Get it in people's face and. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got I got uh, my local uh, my local dealer Johnny at Rainville um, to give me a total of uh, what I'd spent in uh, 20, 20, 2020 yeah twenty twenty mm. and um, I was quite I was proud to support yeah, the yeah. Uh, local uh, bottle shop um, but I was also slightly ashamed and didn't yeah, want yeah. to share that figure it, with my partner achieved and ashamed both at the same time it's like yeah. oh that's quite a lot it's like oh yeah that is quite a lot it's like yeah maybe I shouldn't have spent that much but it's like when you had nothing yeah. else 
to yeah. do. Do you know what I mean? I think I think everyone did the same. You know, you're not you're not going out every weekend or buying food or drinking out. You're not going on holiday. You're yeah, not, exactly. You know, there's yeah. people obviously. You know, our, our thing was because I was in a previous job before when lockdown first started. I wasn't driving to Leeds and back every day. You know, I wasn't spending money on fuel or eating out while going for lunch and what have you. And that mm-hmm. instantly dried up. So it's like, well actually got a bit of money left over you know to spend and to yeah, spare so yeah, it's like yeah. you know i got a few deliveries from rainville and prior to working there from yorkshire craft beers where i am now and things like that and you're yeah. just like well actually I'd, i look forward to that little delivery every week do you know what i mean yeah, kind of brightened yeah. up the week almost so, so you know, it's as well, i tasted some really really nice beers mm-hmm. because like breweries were pumping it out yeah and, yeah uh, that, that time and yeah there were some quality drops going yeah, yeah. well i think you guys you guys did the um Really stronger tra- double dry up transmission that you put out yeah, in 2020 yeah, yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. That that hit the um, that hit the spot. <laughs> I must admit, I remember I remember that being in one of the ones from Rainville, and then I was like, "Oh, get another MM." They got some at YCB, and I was like, "Yeah, I definitely need another one MM in my life." Okay. It's like, yeah, there, yeah, that's all right. Is that? You if, do it. It, if there's any more fans out there of the double dry hop transmission, I bring it up regularly for Seb to try and yeah, yeah. get it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. that'd be nice. So. Um, obviously, touching on the sort of the whole uh, social media piece um, during the pandemic, that's kind of how we got uh, we got talking. Yes. Just um, yeah, yeah. north, albeit and now freed, but you recently served your time in Instagram jail um, through yeah, yeah. no fault of your own, um, seemingly from out of nowhere. But this seems to be an ongoing trend on on Instagram now that breweries are finding themselves in in the slammer. And I think at, at time of recording, I think Brew York are still. Still? Instagram, I believe so. Yeah, oh um, I think it was at least the back end of last week or the start of this week. The post on Twitter saying they're still down, um, so I think they are still off. I haven't checked, so I think they are. But obviously, social media is huge to not just yourselves but craft beer as a whole mm-hmm. um, in terms of your awareness and advertising because it is really the only place that you guys can advertise. So even those, what was it, sort of four, five days were you down? Yeah, I think it was five days. Yeah. So, so what, obviously, what impact does that have to you in terms of? How many people and come to you in terms of traffic to the web shop, the website, place orders to the bars? You know how how big of an impact does that have on you guys? It's um, kind of direct. It's like it's I'd say Instagram is probably the, our main source of outlet to like hmm. let people know what we're doing. It's you know people, everyone everyone knows that each kind of platform has its own flavour. Yeah, you know Facebook. I don't know, slightly more attuned to an older generation now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Forumites usually, isn't it? Facebook more. Yeah. Um, and then Twitter, um, very similar to, to Instagram, I'd say. Mm. Maybe a little bit more rowdy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but that's good because mm. it stirs discussion. Um, well, you can have discussions on Twitter, whereas Instagram and things like that, it's a bit harder, isn't it? You yeah, definitely. So when. Little, when get lost in all the pictures and things like that at least twitter you get a nice little thread don't you so yeah yeah which is um, also a downside sometimes depends on what it was spouting <laughs> what but you know yeah i think like instagram because you can like you can make the glitzy image and it's like the it's yeah. like the opening title isn't it it's mm. like right there and you're like oh that looks nice and then you read a little bit and then, yeah yeah um, it's got to look good hasn't it it's got to look good on instagram so like you say it's what grabs people's eye and it? it's like when they're scrolling through it's like oh my god look at that yeah. You know, whether it's a nice juicy pale or a stout, you know, with yeah, chocolate being yeah. drizzled all over it or something, it's yeah. it's got to look the piece, hasn't it? I mean, it's it's that kind of like those kind of looks, you know, that photography that you see Stefan at track taking and um, Cal Holland, who used to work for Five Points, now working for Hackney, like those, 
those breweries that I was looking at, and I was like, you know what, North North needs something. Yeah, like that. yeah. It stirred me on to do a bit of research. It's um, yeah, it's it's visual, and I think beer beer is kind of like a it's like a language. Um, yeah, there is something very visual about it. But if you can kind of like paint a picture um, of the beer in a photograph, then you're gonna grab people, and it's gonna yeah. absorb them. So yeah, it, it was it was really frustrating being put in jail um, in Instagram jail. It was the most frustrating thing was actually just being able to speak to someone from Meta um, yeah, yeah. about why it happened and how we can stop it from happening again. You know, we've got like various group chats with other people um, from marketing departments, other breweries um, across the world and in the UK, um, all trying to discuss. And figure out what it is What's that's going upset on. in the algorithm, yeah. and I was really persistent with. I managed to get a rep from Facebook, but they were in the advertising department, and so I was like, "Can I speak to someone from the marketing department?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's fine." And then I got through to them, and they just didn't reply. Yeah, just, just went cold. Yeah, yeah, but it's just it's just weird. Like I made a post yesterday advertising a new release, and it got taken down. So I put it back up. And I changed, I took off, used the same photo, I removed 11%, and I removed um, coming when, no, dropping Wednesday and changed it to coming Wednesday. Mm. And then it was fine. It seemed to be fine. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's like, a, it's, yeah. I feel like I'm trying to figure out a weird, complex code. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like an enigma code, like you say, because it's like, yeah. it just seems to be at random. Yeah, you know, it doesn't seem like Northern Monk have had theirs. I don't. Well, obviously, you probably know them quite well, the marketing team there. But when they started doing the on Instagram, the pixelated versions of the picture, yeah, it's like it goes against their, you know, community guidelines and yeah. stuff. And it's like, well, it's kind of beer. Yeah, or it's a pint. You know, it's not. If they're going a hard steer of well, you can't advertise or post any alcohol on Instagram whatsoever, then it'd be a blanket treatment of well, everyone's going down. Do you know what I mean? It'd shut yeah. it down. So it just seems to be like there's something weird in that algorithm that just upsets it for. Yeah. God knows what reason it's. Some, it's someone, weird. someone did say to me on it was the advertising department of Meta, and they're like, "Oh, maybe like sometimes pictures of beer in a glass um, can trigger it." It's, it's, I don't see how I can understand if it's beer or cola, and if it's in a glass. And if it's in a glass. Yeah. yeah, but like ninety percent or ninety nine percent of people like me who post on Instagram about pictures of beer, it's going to be in a glass. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like you're not going to start drinking out at can just to appease Instagram. No, but yeah, it's yeah. like you know it's going to be in a glass because people want to see the what liquid, like, want to look yeah, like you know it's yeah. like it's an IP, it's an easy IP. You want to see it, you want to yeah. see it. it's bright yellowy orangey. You want <laughs> you want to see that. Just you know, want to make a, sure they might know that it's a hazy opaque yellow liquid. Yeah, yeah. But they just want to make sure. Yeah, that's it. And it's just yeah, it's I, I don't understand how it can either be that that clever, but then it's clearly not that clever. Yeah, yeah. Detecting no, it, so it, it'd be nice if it's. Um, if it were treated better, because I know my brother's um, had issues with his, um, he imports American beers and he's had the same, but he had a giveaway taken down and they tried to advertise on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Um, but places like um, Beer Hawk and places like that, they've got it on there fine, but they take his down because you know how to sell alcohol on Facebook. But I think yeah. it's because they're okay. pumping them with ads, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're paying, yeah. them, paying them a decent whack of money just to, to keep them quiet, basically, you know, so it's yeah, whether that plays a part in it as well, I'm, I'm not sure, but. That was one thing like that we speculated is that 
you know, for a number of years, we've had free reign on social media platforms mm. to essentially advertise for free. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've, I've, yeah, I thought about it a few years ago myself. I'm like, you know, it's pretty mad that you know there's no watersheds, mm. um, and yeah, you know, we're just sell, sell, sell. Yeah, and it's not a restriction or yeah. yeah, yeah, it's completely yeah unrestricted. Um, so yeah, we did wonder if maybe you know Meta are being like, you know what. Think people should pay for this? Calling time on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. You can kind of understand it in some respects because, like, to them, you're not earning any, you're earning them any money, are you? I suppose you know, unless you pay to run ads, then you're earning money. But in some respects, you don't need to run ads because you'll have such a large following that people will either be, yeah. it'll pop on the timeline because they're following, like, and engage with your content, or they'll be subscribed to get alerts when you post, and it yeah, kind of yeah. rids the need of advertising on that sort of thing, doesn't it? So, I mean, obviously taking. Facebook and Instagram for the equation, Twitter, I imagine, probably won't change. But if you took them two platforms out of the equation, where else would you advertise? Have you sort of looked at... (laughs) It's the future. TikTok is the future. TikTok's the future. A lot of 14-year-old kids are interested in craft beer all of a sudden, right? right? But yeah, you're doing dances in the bedroom with craft beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you're totally right. I mean, like, directs, we can can do mail out. Mm. Um, And that's actually, like, you know, if we, on a launch day... We don't actually see that much take up on sale mm. um, when the 12 o'clock post goes out and it's mm-hmm. like this beer's ready. It's when the email goes out and that's yeah, that's, that's when the pickup is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it. No, maybe we make our own social media platform. Mm. Well, I, I was I, I can't remember I was chatting to about this. I did mention this to somebody. It's like you could almost do like an untapped, or if an untapped had like a a feed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I know they've got the news feed, but then if they had like their own version of Instagram. Yeah. Where it's just pictures of beer and you could subscribe to breweries or follow breweries that are relevant to you because it's, I know it's an American platform, so it might pop up and say, oh, a new bar's opening. It might yeah. be like Nottingham or Leicester thinking it's like close by. It's like, well, no, I'm in Leeds. So that's that's not very close. So. Do you know what? That's a really great idea. Are you listening mm. untapped? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen to this and they'll steal our ideas. And it's just, oh, yeah. But we, yeah, it's, no, no, we won't get any royalties whatsoever. <laughs> but it's, it's almost like, it, like craft beer could do with its own regulated social media platform you know make sure that it's people that are only over 18 that are doing it and so people you know can post when you want and obviously it sort of ticks that box of making sure you're not advertising to, to minors and the wrong audience but yeah. it yeah. could almost do with its own sort of safe space away from the prying eyes of meta. meta and algorithms and what have you but I said this is is it not just another platform that people are like, oh, do you know I can't be bothered do you know what I mean it's would people come across from Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and stop using them. Because I mean, I use Instagram for beer. Yeah. It was Facebook for beer, it was Twitter for beer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, I mean, Twitter, I'd probably still stick with anyway, because I think Twitter's quite unique in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially Instagram and Facebook, like, I'd probably just be like, dump that and bin it off, and then yeah. probably go to a separate platform, I reckon. I guess, like, quite a good thing about, um, you know, being able to say, have, if, if, if we didn't have this uh, kind of segregated social media platform, you know, things like Facebook and Instagram, people can come across you that might not have come across you. Yeah, yeah, it does help sometimes, yeah, yeah. That would be quite helpful. Um, But yeah, that is is food for thought, Mm. the the untapped kind of social media channel. See if you generate some funding on, go on to Dragon's Den or something, maybe (laughs) just pitch pitch an idea on Dragon's Den about it, yeah, yeah.
So Alex, I think what something that North do very well is that you have a, a foot nicely in both camps of you do a lot of support, a lot of independent uh, bars, pubs, bottle shops, and obviously your own um, supply chain of your own portfolio as well. But obviously you guys um, supply quite uh, an extensive range or a nice amount and quantity to supermarkets as well. So yep. um, how do you guys sort of balance that with the demand for your non-core range? Because like Sputnik transmission there in you know Tesco, things like that, so I say core range. So I imagine they're, they're pretty much in production almost every day, pretty much every every week, I would have thought. So how do you balance yeah. that with the, the non-core range? Um, I guess having a lot more space uh, here at Springwell is definitely helping. Mm. Um, so there's always some spring, uh, some Sputnik and Lost Cosmonauts in mm. tank. Um, you know, with, our, with our own bars as well, they have a uh, big demand for Springwell pills and mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot of transmission. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I manage it. Just having mm. having a bit more space um, yeah, yeah. in the brewery to be able to kind of satisfy um, contracts with supermarkets and um, our own kind of uh, the sales of kind of independent channels and mm. export. Yeah, yeah. And and since the likes of sort of Sputnik and Transmission, obviously Lost Cosmonauts was just an exclusive to go into Tesco. Was that I don't think that was available prior to no, Tesco, no, no. was it? But likes of Sputnik and Transmission, have you seen a a drop-up of support or people buying that any less compared to previously or do you find that because people found Sputnik in Tesco then that helps because people are going into a bar expecting that beer and it's helped with your brand awareness as much as anything um, yeah I would say it's kind of fed into that you know again just with like being able to have more space before like we had a little bit of a struggle being able to supply both camps yeah um, and yeah, we didn't see Sputnik around in uh, bars and bottle shops as much as we would like to, but now we've got Sputnik coming out of our ears. <laughs> so yeah, we are able to um, supply people when they when they inquire, and yeah, there's more and more kind of little independent bars being set up. Um, and um, I mean, I know of one that's opening in Nottingham. Um, it's a family friend's. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a micro pub. If you, you see, yeah, see yeah, like micro pubs yeah. pop, popping up, and the you know I was chatting to him, and he was just like, yeah, I just like went to Tesco, and I was you know trying craft beers there, mm. and then he's like, loved it, mm. and I was like, we need something in Kimberley, yeah, yeah, you know where people can uh, drink some decent beer. Um, so yeah, I don't definitely are seeing that kind of transfer of introduction mm. in a supermarket to um, people opening or getting hold of our beers or other breweries beers yeah, uh, for yeah. their own for their own venues yeah I think I think it's it's a sort of a very divisive subject which we just chatted about before we discussed it obviously is that people have sort of strong strong opinions of, of both mm-hmm. for and against and I think I not want to be a, a sort of politician but sit on the fence quite in, in the middle of it because obviously I work for a, an independent bottle shop but I see the benefit from supermarket beers because especially yeah. during the pandemic where maybe a lot of places shut um, either of their own volition or because they were forced but a lot of places or people discovered craft beer yep. during the pandemic because it was on the shelves at Tesco you know mm-hmm. people wiped the shelves of the, the run of the mill stuff you know the big slabs of beer then the only things that were left were the craft beer or they got bored of that yeah. they went well I'll try something new I'll buy a transmission a Sputnik or a can of faith or life and death by vocation yeah. or whatever it may be and then sort of tumble down the rabbit hole of well I'll try the next one the next one then they reach a, a point where they can't have any more yeah. and then the only 
option then is to come to you direct to your web shop or any other brewer's web shop or a place like us that does online distribution or come to a shop and and speak to people. So I think it's I think it's where it can be quite daunting for people if they're just sort of yeah. getting into it. Into the, oh, I'm not going to go into a, a bottle shop or a craft shop because I don't want to sort of get laughed at. Do you know what I mean? It's like you can people that drink oh, like brew dog and some people almost like laugh at them. You know yeah, for, for doing yeah. that and it's like well they don't they don't know they just know they like the beer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's a nice introduction for people that then gets a customer or a sort of a fan of this sort of thing for life then. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, again, kind of just using um, my dad, it's a great example. Mm. Yeah, he was like well into Old Speckled Hen and uh, Spitfire. Yeah. And like, yeah, I've, I started sending him beers from us during the pandemic. Now he's, he's hooked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's can't like, get enough of it. Yeah, like, um, yeah, and when he goes back to those beers, it's like, I can't taste it. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, so it's a good gateway. And that's like, you know, that's one of the good things about breweries like Camden or Beaver Town or Brewdog mm. um, is that, you know, people are tasting these slightly different beers that, you know, aren't your usual, like, Fosters or Carlin, mm. and they're like, oh, actually, that, like, tastes a little bit like something. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, they might, yeah, just come across um, a beer somewhere else, or even, like, a friend is, you know, it's like, I'll oh, try this beer, and then, yeah, they want to explore it. it. Yeah. Um, well, that's it, you know, and like you say, the three there, obviously, are sort of not independently owned anymore, but to me, it's yeah. like, at least they're drinking what they think is a craft beer. Yeah. And it kind of opens the door to them, you know, if they're just drinking... Fosters or Stella, then they're just going to stick with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas yeah. if they've tried a Camden Pale or a Hells or a Beaver Town Gamma Ray or what have you, at least, oh, I've tried that and I want to try a different Pale Ale or it kind of opens the door then. So at least, yes, it's not what sort of gatekeepers might call craft, but at least it's getting them into into this world. You know, it's yeah. actually getting a customer then. So I, I think it's a bit of a, a double edged sword. Obviously, I'd, they're not necessarily craft, but no. they serve a purpose, you yeah. know. And if, if they were having to drink anything, you'd rather them drink that than. Yeah. When they get to that point as well where they want to kind of step through the door, then it's kind of like the onus is on, you know, people like us, like, you know, someone who's mm. running a bottle shop or a craft beer bar yeah. or a brewery, not to be stuck up mm. and be welcoming with those people. You know, if they say like, oh, you know, I really like a neck oil, don't mm. turn your nose up. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh, sounds like, you know, well, we've got something that's like mm. a bit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah welcome that person and, and hopefully they'll see him keep coming back yeah um and the job's done yeah right that's it you've got them then yeah well it's, <laughs> it's, it's where we are we're in castleford and it's a strong traditional drinking community you know yeah. it's cask it's you know it's, historically it's cask and it's mm-hmm. you know it's a, it's a mining town so people have just gone and had pints of cask bitter whatever and you, we we, all, we still get people coming out well what have you got that's a bitter or what's close to singing we don't have anything that is a bitter because we don't serve cask yeah but then it's just that education piece of, well, we've got this, which is not identical, like a, but it's, you know, just an American-style pale ale. You know, yeah. if you sort of point them away, something like Transmission or something, you know what I mean? An American yeah, yeah. pale, but it's got that bitterness to it. It's not a bitter, but if you like the bitterness of a bitter, yeah. at least you can enjoy that and then say, oh, well, actually, it's a pale ale. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, because you get people, oh, I don't want anything that's like floral, or it's like a bouquet of flowers or anything too tropical. And you can get, you know, a nice, a nice drink that... And convert those people from yeah. drinking your, your trad styles to, oh my god, this is this is a beer and it tastes quite nice. You know what I mean? It's I think you can definitely go from a traditional bitter to a West Coast no yeah. problem, and people are like, you know what, mm. like that's that's pretty pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. And 
more flavours and I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. And, you know, when like when people come in and say, oh, like, a, I've tried punk or something, then it's that American style. Yeah. You know, it's like that West Coast, that American style. It's got that bit of edge to it. It's got that bit of pininess, bit of, mm-hmm. bit of resin. You know, it's quite bitter. And then it's like pointing in that direction. Then yeah. they're through the door, then they're in. But, no, I think I think supermarket beers particularly is, a, is an interesting subject. And it's not it's not going to go away, you know, as, as we record this, you know, the brew dog. Um, documentary came out last night you know their presence in yeah, supermarkets yeah, yeah. and things might change so yeah, it might leave a hole for other breweries to kind of step in and say well we want to up our presence you know like mm-hmm. so you guys know the monk or other other brewers to say well we'll take the place if you don't want to work with them yeah, I think it is, yeah, a, yeah. is a massive opportunity potentially coming up for, for places to to get involved which that that whole brew dog saga is a yeah. another another topic for another day that yeah, yeah. is a road, I, I, a road I well trodden I think so I haven't watched it yet yeah, yeah, I, I watched it last night, so I was, um, I don't have Sky myself, so I had to watch it on iPlayer when it sort of had been and gone, so I kind of yeah. battened down the hatches, stayed off Twitter, stayed off Instagram, just sort of tried to avoid spoilers <laughs> as best as I could, because everyone was tweeting about it and posting about it, and it's like, you know, yeah. people said, anything on TV tonight, sort of thing, you know, sort of joking, poking fun at it, so I, I tried to steer clear, so I, I did watch it, and it is a, an interesting an interesting watch, and, you right. know, it's, it's well worth a watch for people to... To maybe see a sort of a peek behind the curtain of what is going on at Brewdog and what has gone on there, so I won't sort of get into it too much. But it's, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I think, like I say, it's a road well trodden. I think, and I think the the truth is readily available. But I definitely yeah. recommend giving it a watch. And yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Like, like yourself, I haven't got, I don't pay, don't pay TV license, so I can't watch terrestrial TV. Mm. So I've been waiting to catch, uh, watch it on catch up. Yeah, yeah. I just piggyback off my mum and dad's Sky Go. Okay. Too tight to pay for Sky. Yeah. So it's extortionate. Is it? So, yeah, it's like 70 quid a month, do you know what I mean? Because I'd want sports channels as well, you know, I'd want sports and movies, that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's like yeah. you're looking at like 70 odd quid a month, and I'm like, no, I'm not paying no, that. No, no, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. Not or, to Murdoch as well, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, no, definitely not, mate. Um, so, before we wrap up, Alex, um, just looking on to what 2022 looks like for North. Um, obviously, I appreciate that we're quite early on, with, well, we're coming to the end of. A dry, dry spell of dry January. Yep. Um, which I, I imagine that you're as much glad as anybody that that's going that way and closing the door on that month. But what does sort of the rest of the month look like? Well, the rest of the month, rest of the year look like for you guys? And hopefully, should we be able to have a full calendar of events? Yes. What does it look like? Yeah, I'm going to both scream internally with fear and exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so 2021, we did a hell of a lot of events. Mm-hmm. probably with more events just yep. because of kind of a precarious situation we were in um, with COVID and Touchwoods but the situation isn't so precarious fingers crossed we're heading the right way yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so um, yeah beer festivals a hell of a lot of them uh, <laughs> touring the country um, international collabs um, loads more collabs with we're, we're doing a lot more planning and strategy for it um, we've got some people signed up to come and brew with us that we're really, really excited about. One, one brewery um, that we've kind of had on our wish list. Um, and, yeah, we've been flirting, flirting with each other for, for years, but we never <laughs> It's finally happening. It's finally yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so super excited for those. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say who it is. No spoilers. Yeah, yeah. No spoilers. Keep the excitement. Keep the excitement. Yeah. Um, yeah. International breweries that we're really excited to have over. Um, we are hopefully opening 
win a couple more balls. That's exciting. Yeah, mm. outside of Leeds. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Our mm. first first venture out, outside of a city. Nice. Um, which is really exciting. Mm. Um, so we're starting work on those. Um, we've got a new project uh, starting as well, uh, which we also can't say too much about. Um, mm. Some more experimentation with our brews, mm-hmm. the release of our first barrel aged beers, um, just some messing about with um, brewing that we've uh, been wanting to, to do for a while. Um, we started a little trial last week on lacto fermenting some rhubarb. So mm. it's, um, it's kind of like a, a process with food where you uh, add a, a weight of salt um, to a raw fruit or vegetable i've done it with tomatoes at home and you put it in a vacuumed container mm. and it starts fermenting but completely transforms for flavor mm-hmm. so tomatoes when you like to ferment them it tastes like peach yeah um, so we started oh, cool. to do some of that and see how we can work that into some beer um what else have we got um that's, ooh. <laughs> uh, loads of stuff yeah, um, yeah. you know and we're, we're taking this uh, this um, time after Christmas um, to really kind of draw up our plans yeah. uh, plan, our, plan our attack <laughs> well yeah um, it's, it's the first sort of hopeful year that you'll be able to sort of plan yeah hopefully 12 months in advance isn't it you know like last year and yeah, 2020 yeah. you'll have been like weekly almost and you know monthly at a push but now it's nice that you know Hopefully, end of this week, all restrictions are, are gone, done. You know, and yeah, yeah. Hopefully, long may that continue when we start to see things drop off back. a little bit and yeah. get back to normal. You yeah, know, that's the um, that's the thing. And see, so you that goes up and down the country for festivals and events. So if if North sort of festival is that you or I have it has been me. Mm. Um, I've requested that I don't do it so much because <laughs> um, I was a shell of a human mm. yeah, <laughs> at yeah. the end of summer last year. Um, it's yeah, it's a really. It sounds like a lot of a lot of mm. fun, and everyone's like, "Oh, you, you know, you got some you know, best job in the world." And you're like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> ask ask me, uh, you know, in a month's time when yeah. I'm not sort of going from Scotland to London to yeah, Manchester yeah, to Nottingham. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, I imagine it's quite tough because it's like say you could be here, there, everywhere, couldn't you? Especially if you're going abroad as well, like say to like yeah. to you know Europe or wherever as well, or Germany or France yeah. or whatever. It's like you say, it sounds like first world problems, doesn't it? But it it's, does, it's yeah. a lot of travel, isn't it? It's it a is a lot of travel. It's absolutely knackering. I yeah, don't see much of my girlfriend. And, um, yeah, but it's really nice to meet everyone that's uh, a fan of North. And, mm. um, you know, you do make friends with other people um, on the road and you see people throughout the year. And that is nice. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one last thing to mention is... So at the end of 2021, we launched a range of cask beers. Mm-hmm. So throughout the years, we're going to be collaborating with um, specific breweries that are kind of angled towards cask yep. and making just some more more cask ale, mm-hmm. um, more traditional beers, yep. um, yeah, specifically designed to be poured for a handful mm-hmm. with the sparkler on. Yeah, yeah. The, the correct way. It's not just the northern way. It is it's the correct, correct way. way. It is the correct way. Yeah. There's not a north, north and south way. It's just the right way. Yeah, exactly. That should be that should be part of the requisite. Are you buying it? Are you pouring it through a sparkler? No, I'm sorry, you're not having it then. Each cast comes with a sparkler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it should be a requirement. Yeah, it should absolutely. be a requirement. Absolutely. Yeah. I met someone this weekend who was uh, the like. Um, I I kind of made that joke and they're like, no, no, I prefer it without a sparkler. I was like, you know, what? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? It's that end of conversation. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. If there was a friendship, it's over now. You've ruined <laughs> it. You've ruined it. But that's exciting. So I think you know we we mentioned it briefly or recorded that Cask Beer is maybe having a bit of a resurgence. Hopefully. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. And some more sort of more traditional, less hoppy, less hazy, less, you know, that stuff's not going to go away, but yeah, yeah. it seems to be people who are interested in, well, I like the really juicy, hazy IPAs, but what can I have that's a little bit sort of, not not more palatable, but a yeah. bit more sort of lower percentage, you know, three and a half, four percent, that sort of thing. and That you can just chug away. Yeah, yeah. Chug the night away on, yeah, the, yeah. on some low ABV cascade. Yeah. Rather than yeah. a 6% sort of really heavy, <laughs> thick dipper or 8% dipper or something. So, yeah, yeah. no, it's exciting. So... Um, but no, Alex, thank you for, for sharing that and hopefully, like I say, fingers crossed, touch wood, that everything goes ahead smoothly. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. We have a full calendar of events and we see you at the likes of Hop City, Et Al, you know, all the, all that good stuff and, and your own events, whatever you may put on over yeah, the course yeah. of the of course of the, uh, the calendar. Plenty of tap takeovers. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it'd be good to see, it'd be good to see and, and get down here in the in the nicer weather, sit outside, have a few, have a few pints, yeah, have a bit of a little bow boy and... Yeah. I'd say get a tan, but I'd burn. I just burn. I don't tan. I just burn. I go from white to red, and then back to back to white again. So yeah, I never learn. I never learn. Yeah, I'm nice. I say I've got really, uh, I've got skin of like a, a ginger person. You know, I burn really easily, really like a secret ginger. So yeah. yeah. Um, but Alex, thank you for, for allowing me to come over and show me around the site. I really appreciate it. No, uh, taking your time out of your out of your day to, to spend uh, chatting. Um, but assuming that you guys are in jail. Um, or yep. banned from platforms. I know most people probably will know where to find you, but where can they, uh, if not, where can they keep up to date with all things going on at, at North Brewing? So for now, um, as long as we're not in jail, um, Instagram um, at North Bruco, um, Twitter, I believe, is again at North Bruco. I think Facebook, yeah, at North Bruco. Just search yeah. North Bruco and you'll yeah, find yeah. you. Yeah, um, yeah. We're on TikTok as well. If there's any anyone on TikTok there. Mm. Um, I do my best to keep it up to date. Mm. There are no dance routines. I'm not quite there yet. Missing a trick. That's what it is. <laughs> Craft beer and dancers. That's what it is. That's the future. That's the future. Um, uh, and then also uh, email. Um, you know, we put out regular emails um, every week, uh, giving you a little update uh, to what we're up to. And you can sign up to that on our web shop. And I believe um, at the minute, until the end of the month, sign up, you can get 15% off. There you, go. there you go. Excellent. Well, this should be out by the end of the week, so hopefully people might be able to squeeze a, yeah, a cheeky end of dry January order in to celebrate doing yeah, a month of abstaining. Yeah, January. yeah, why yeah, not? Yeah. Do it do it properly. So, <laughs> but no, Alex, uh, thank you very much, and I'll, uh, I'll speak to you again soon. No worries. Thank you for coming. Welcome back, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed Alex's insight into life at North there. Thanks to him and North for welcoming me on site. And speaking to me, it was great being able to record in person for the first time and see North's new shiny Springwell site, which, like I said before, I've not been to before. So to see it firsthand, not just in a in a screen from, from Instagram or their stories, it was a refreshing change to go out and meet people face-to-face and record face-to-face and see a working brewery working at pretty much full capacity for the first time since they've been stopped during this COVID pandemic. From what Alex said, it's great how the company's grown and expanded into their current form with their new site at Springwell and the portfolio of bars that they have across Leeds and how they're looking to expand that. And it's clearly that they're not stopping there either. It's exciting to see that they've got some experimental and funky things that are going to come out of the brewery very, very soon in the coming months. 
and hopefully we see some expansion on their likes of TFG series and maybe we'll see some barrel aged TFGs or some mixed fermentation TFGs maybe some barrel aged stouts for the stout fans out there too so hopefully there's a lot more exciting things to come from North throughout 2022 into 2023 thanks to you guys for listening to the show all your listens are appreciated if anyone has any questions comments or feedback for the show any ideas anything that I can do to improve the show and indeed how this new format was for you because ultimately this recording is for you to listen to and to enjoy so please let me know how you got on with this new format and if you'd like to see more recordings in the field and at breweries rather than virtually over zoom if you've got anything that you'd like to say and send in depth please send any emails to pointsofbrew at gmail.com or failing that you can find me at points of brew pretty much everywhere instagram facebook twitter please send me a message let's have a chat let me know how you think the episode has gone and any previous episodes and what you'd like to see in future but until then bye for now <laughs>